You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that pretends to rent these bad boys. Then we describe the box art for you, tell you about the trailers, and then a little bit behind the scenes, and we stick something in our museum. And this week, it's my third film of the Before Their Stars, and I went to the video store and chose Cyborg 2. Imagine the perfect thinking machine. The cutting edge of counter-espionage technology in a humanoid robotics application. Imagine the perfect loving machine. Human in almost every respect. Our very best. Imagine the perfect killing machine. Peak condition, top of the line. Now, imagine they are all the same. You were made to be destroyed. Why me? Bingo. She's the ultimate instrument of destruction. Where's she got? Glass shadow. Liquid explosive. Highly effective. No, don't cast the boy away, baby. No, they won't. I cost Still active. Yes, I am still an equal opportunity terminator. Warrior. Don't get dead. Weapon. It appears Pinwheel has planted a bomb in you. The plot thickens. Woman. She's a girl. Yes. If you want to dine with the devil, you'll need a long spoon. Incoming. You've been a naughty girl. Cyborg 2. It's in my program. Cyborg 2, starring a pre-famous Angelina Jolie. Yes, I think she was about 20 in this film. Obvious she was going to be a star. <laughs> very obvious. Yeah, she had screen presence in this. Yeah, very watchable. Yeah. You can't take her eyes off her when she's on screen. Besides that she's pretty, just like she's got like this magnetism. Yeah, she's got a screen presence that's kind of hard to describe. But maybe it is just because when she captivates the camera, she grabs the camera's attention really well. And obviously this is part of our Before They Were Stars marathon we're doing this month. This is such a weird film that Vidmark did. So maybe we should talk about our history with the Cyborg franchise. Did you know there's four of them? I did know there was four of them. I have never seen three or four, ever. I couldn't tell you anything about them. But I remember them. I remember them existing. But I have no idea what they're about. I've never seen them for sure. But I have seen Cyborg. Have you seen Cyborg, the original? I have. I have the original VHS release of it. But I've not seen the Scream, the Shout Factory's release of it. I wonder if it's different, if they added anything or found some more stuff. They found more stuff for it. Uh, I don't know if they put it in the movie, though. I feel like they just cleaned up the original and then have as supplemental features some of the extra scenes or whatever. Yeah, we certainly have to do that one day because I have that VHS, uh, and it's got some great stories behind the scenes 
unlike this one. <laughs> yeah, we really don't have any behind the scenes on this one. Uh, did you like Cyborg? I like Cyborg. I don't love it, but I like it. I think it's a fun movie. I do. It's one that my brothers and I watched a lot, so it's got nostalgia behind it. But as an adult, I have not really watched it. You know, I can't tell you the last time I watched it. See, I've only ever seen it once, and it was like two years ago. So I, it's pretty fresh for me, sort of. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a cool movie. I think it is. It's just bizarre. Yeah, it's just a weird 80s artifact of, like, sort of pre-fame Van Damme a little bit, too. Oh, yeah, and it's canon. It's canon at the end where they had no money. Yeah, which they, you could tell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of those costumes were pretty rough. Yeah. But this movie looks like a million bucks. Yes, this clearly had a little bit of a budget because not only do we get Angelina Jolie, so, I mean, they had to find her. Well, maybe not find her because, you know, her father. Her father is quite famous. John Boyd. Which has been in a ridiculous amount of films. If you listen to this podcast and this podcast only, you probably know him as the star of Anaconda. (laughs) Yes, if you are a trashy film nerd like us, (laughs) I bet that is the first one that I remember him from. But you can also go back to the heyday of, like, what is it, Midnight Cowboy? Right. And that's it's like good movies, yeah. Deer Hunter. Yeah, fuck that shit. But Anaconda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God, when he gets spit out by the Anaconda and then winks, and it makes still, to this day, one of the pieces of cinema that makes no sense. Wonderful film. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars. Uh, <laughs> yes, we take a look at this box art for Cyborg 2 here? Yeah, uh, let's describe why I rented this. Uh, and this, I should also put... This is one of mine that I could never find for a long time. I loved this box art as a kid. And then finally, as an adult, I found it, and I was so happy I posted about it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. No, I was I was excited for you because it also meant that we got to watch this, and I had never seen it. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah this is great. This is an amazing box art, by the way. So the tagline for this one is, Future Beware, the soul is in the software. Uh, not a great tagline, but... The image is, your sort of main focal point is Jack Palance with an amazing, like, futuristic men in black kind of looking gun. Uh, And he is, like, has, like, the cyborg coming through on half of his face. And then we have Angelina Jolie with, like, a machine gun, looking hot, torn shirt, big 90s bomber jacket hanging off of her shoulders. She looks fucking cool. The robot sort of look effect under... Palance's face is pretty awesome too. Very Terminatory. I feel bad for Casey Jones. He's not in this. Yeah, Elias Codius is not on this at all, and he is the star of the film. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Elias. I, I know you've been in a lot of films and TV, but you will always be Casey Jones yeah, to me. Yeah, and he's amazing as Casey Jones too. He like relishes in that role. <laughs> yeah. On the top of this, above Palance and. Um, Julie is not Elias, but another like cyborg head with like the Terminator red eye looking down at them. You know, very skull like. And also not in the film. Yes, there is no threat cyborg looking thing like this. Oh, it's beautiful when you but get these direct to video type ones. Even though I think this came in the theater, but let's be honest. It's it's mostly a video yeah. movie. They made their money. I love videos that put something on the cover that never appears in the film. Yes, and we get this with this cyborg skull head thing that is looking over them. We also get this amazing title treatment of cyborg in very 90s 
tech letters, with the two being like the uh, mathematical, what do they call that? The power. Yeah, power yeah. of mm-hmm. two, which is on all of the branding of this movie. It's on the uh, it's on the side as well. If you look this movie up, it usually has the power of two as opposed to the regular two. Don't know why they did that. Maybe this is the during the time period of like the super smart calculators and where they could do these, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know, but... It's uh, fucking cool. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, on the uh, sides here, the spine, we get Jack Palance's face again with the half-robot coming through. He's barely in this film, so it's pretty funny that they use his face. But his, his voice is in this movie. But when he is in this film... He is really in this film. Yes, he is fucking <laughs> rocking the screen. Flipping it over to the back here, we get a couple stills. We get Angelina Jolie in a fight scene. We get like her face on a bunch of screens as they're describing like the cyborg model. And then uh, her and Elias Codius uh, walking away from some sort of fire, looking battle damaged. All cool shit that they're putting on the back. Very smart with the advertising. You get fighting, you get post-destruction, you get like tech. Well, this is something that Vidmark did. They just were really good at selling their covers. Yes. I mean, they are definitely like a Canon. They are definitely like a New Line or or Ryan. Yeah. I mean, this this Vidmark falls in, like, my absolutely would buy, would watch all the time category. (laughs) It's like New Line, Vidmark, Ryan, Canon, Full Moon. All these guys just oh, get it. Oh, full moon, yes. All yeah, these guys yeah. just get it, and it's it's what I love. It's what I eat up. Now, someone brought up to me one time before you get into the description, do you consider trauma part of that? And uh, n- not really. I don't. Me neither. Because they're their own thing. Trauma is its own brand. Yeah, trauma is trauma, and that is what they are. And for better or worse, you know? That is what yeah. they are. I was like, there's not many trauma films where I specifically remember the cover other than the Toxic Crusader, but that's just because they stuck him in the costume there, and every kid was just like, oh, Toxie. Yeah, uh, they're not, yeah, to me it's like, trauma's trauma. I see a trauma cover, I'm like, that's a trauma movie, you know? <laughs> that's yeah. just like, but I see a Vidmark cover, and I'm like, ooh, what's that? You and, know, like, and, Yeah, considering trauma has probably, most of their uh, movies they have, they didn't even make. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 90% of their catalog is just, like, purchases. Or, yeah. you know, re- the, pr- I say purchases. They didn't buy those movies. They are. <laughs> they were given to them and said, hey, will you release our movie? Yeah. And they're like, sure. That's basically how that works. Thanks for giving us power of your film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here's, here's our description for Cyborg 2. It's biotech corporate warfare in the year 2074 when cyborgs, robots in human form have replaced humans at all levels. A malicious American cyborg manufacturing company plots to take over their chief competitor by liquidating their entire chain of command. The corporation's scheme is lethal. Inject one of their own cyborgs, beautiful Cash Reese, Angelina Jolie, with a powerful new liquid explosive that detonates her and everyone in sight. But the wise and benevolent tech master, Mercy, Jack Palance, tips Cash off to her fate and she runs to escape with the help of human hero Colton Hicks, Elias Codius. Together, in the dark corners of the city, they face psychotic and ruthless hunters as they search for a way out and back to humanity. Rated R. I forgot Jack Pounce's character's name was Mercy. Yeah, Mercy. Everybody's got great names. Cash, Mercy, and Colton Hicks. 
good names for like an action movie. Oh, it's Colton Hicks. Which one is Colton Hicks? That's Elias Cody's. Okay, that's Elias Cody's. Uh, what is the other, um, the really creepy looking uh, tracker that oh, they I use in his, this? I forget the character's Man, name. Man, he's great in this. I'll get into him in a second when yeah. we get to the movie, but uh, let's, should we just pop this, t- well, no, before we pop this tape in. You picked this up, right? If you oh, saw this absolutely. on the show. <laughs> the only reason I think I didn't... Oh, you know what? I'm pretty sure I did rent this as a kid at some point, but I think it's it's just got lost. You know what? Maybe I didn't. No, you know what? I don't... I think this was the first time I saw it because I just remember the box art and I really wanted to get it, but for some reason I never rented it. So as an adult, I had to have this. I'm right there with you with this one. I remember the box art from the video store as a kid, and I can't remember. Maybe I did rent it as like a little, little kid, and I just don't remember it. Mm-hmm. It seems like something I absolutely would have picked up. But I think later in life, I never revisited it because I had never seen the first one. So I was like, well, I've never seen the first one. I'm not just going to jump in at Cyborg 2. Yeah. As a kid, I would do that shit because as a kid, fuck, it doesn't matter. You start with, like, Halloween 4. It doesn't matter. But, like, later on when I was getting into movies more seriously, I was probably like, I really want to see this, but I need to see the first one first. Yeah, I think what I always get confused about this is I think I've seen clips of Angelina Jolie in this film, like, used in YouTube or something. And, like, I think I've seen this film. But and not until we put this in a bad boy in. Anyway, uh, <laughs> before we put this in, let's check out Geekscape's film that they are promoting. Here we go. Hey, Geekscape, it's Jonathan the Podfather here. And when I first started Geekscape back in 2006, it was just a podcast. But then it grew into a podcast network and a community. And the whole plan was to turn it into a production company so we could make cool films and TV ideas and all sorts of stuff for you guys. We'll always be doing the podcast, but right now I want to let you guys know that we're running a Seed and Spark campaign for one of our first original productions. And this is a co-production with Dweeb Darlings and Fonco Studios called Stocking LeVar. It's a continuation of the web series Stocking LeVar. If you go online, go to YouTube or dweebdarlings.com and look for Stocking LeVar, and you guys will find a pretty fun two seasons of this show. We're going to make a short film out of it, but we're going to need your help. So go to seedandspark.com, search Stocking LeVar, as in LeVar Burton, and you'll find our project. Listen, if you can't donate, it's okay. Just follow and share. That'll help us out a whole lot. And then if you can donate, as some of your fellow Geekscapers have, we'd appreciate that too. The campaign's going to be running for a while, so I really, really appreciate you guys checking it out, and enjoy the rest of this show. All right, Matt, let's pop this in and look at these trailers. Oh, the beautiful thing about Vidmark is that you will always get just... Just a wealth, just a wealth of trailers dumped on you before the film starts. I love it so much. These trailers also are good enough where you forget what movie you're watching. That's when you really get some good trailers. Now, nowadays, like in, uh, and I don't mean to keep picking on Disney and Marvel, but let's be honest, it's like 25 minutes of trailers. Yeah. This is more fun than that, though. Well, I don't... This isn't 25 minutes. This is more like 10 minutes of trailers. Yeah. What I'm saying is, like, when you go to the theater, and this is a lot of big companies, you forget what movie you're watching because you're like, oh, I'm exhausted from all these trailers. This one is the trailers are so interesting that you temporarily also forget. So it's, like, a different effect. Watching these Vidmark movies makes me feel like a kid again when I would rent these movies and then write down 
all the movies that they like showed the trailers for because I wanted to see them all. And like whenever I visit these as an adult, I feel like I want to do the same thing where I'm like, I gotta see these movies. I gotta write this down somewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I do this at every Vidmark movie I rent. Yeah, this is this is why they keep coming back for the podcast because they've got just a wealth of stuff to take apart on the tape itself. Yeah, it's great. It's wonderful because we'll we'll get into it in a second. But we get not only trailers, but we get a commercial as well. And I love that shit. I love when we get, you know, a whole little pre-show before the movie starts. Yeah. Do you remember the one we did about the AIDS using condoms way back in the day? Uh, On, uh... Is that Cool World? Cool World, yeah. Yeah. So we get another AIDS one, don't yeah. we? Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, uh, first trailer we had here was... I know something Matt loves. It's Warlock 2. Warlock the Armageddon, one of my favorite movies of all time. I fucking love this movie, and I fucking love this trailer. This trailer's so good. I wanted to fucking watch this movie again, and I, like, just watched it, like, six months ago. (laughs) I think I've said this to you. I've never seen a Warlock movie. I mean, you gotta see the first one. The first one's, like, the good movie that's just, like, a good movie that's set up. But you gotta see it so you get into the second one, which is just, like, everything in the kitchen sink, and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's basically what Leprechaun to Leprechaun 2 did. Yes, exactly the same thing. You You need the first one, and the first one's probably a better movie, but the second one is so fucking fun and so watchable, and I I definitely like the second one better in both of those cases, so. Yep, yep. (laughs) When it it comes to trashy Leprechaun films, yep, we can say that the first one is more of your good film. (laughs) Yes, yes, right, exactly. Same thing with Warlock. It's a Warlock movie, but it's like, the good film <laughs> yeah Warlock 2 amazing if you've never seen it do it if you've never seen the trailer go on YouTube right now and watch the trailer and tell me you're not fucking hooked <laughs> oh man is there bad CG in it I can't remember absolutely yeah, yeah. alright then the next one is actually something that I think could be good and it's done by Vidmark like classy good is definitely The Last Light yeah they they do this though like uh, yeah. Trimark releases they had they were a big company. I mean, they were the precursor to Lionsgate. They did B movies, and that's what they kind of got famous for, but they did A movies too. Yeah, I think what they did was they do a couple B movies to fund the A movie. Right, and this seems like one of their A movies. They got a lot of great reviews for the performances in this movie. Uh, Last Light is a prison drama that stars Kiefer Sutherland, Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker yeah. and Clancy Brown, uh, and Amanda Plummer. So just star-filled for the 90s and praised movie. And the trailer, I wanted to see this movie. Yeah, it made it look good. Uh, it makes it look really good. And what shocked me is on IMDb, it says it's a TV movie. This one seems like to me one of those movies that would go straight to like HBO in the '90s, though. We're like those movies were good, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that went straight to HBO back in the '90s were like solid movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean HBO still does it. There, there's still some oh, solid. Yeah. They just don't do it as much. They don't do as many like movies they acquire or whatever but uh yeah i I definitely would like to see this uh and we should really track this down yeah if we can find a vhs of this i'd love to talk about it uh that'd be a tough one i bet oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's a hard one to find the the next trailer was our first glimpse of boobies and that was woman of desire with bo derrick yes that is a lot of nudity in one trailer. And it's all her. Like, it is Bo Derek is the star of this film, and you see her boobies like three times in the trailer. 
how much, how shocked were you when you saw that? I I literally was like I was uh, picking some stuff up off the floor and I looked up and I was like, was that a boob? <laughs> and then like I was like focusing on the trailer then and then I was like, those were definitely boobs. <laughs> yeah, some of these um, Vidmark. I, I think Vidmark has done this a couple times. It's during their rated R releases, they will do it. I remember this specifically, especially from like when I was like a kid. I loved renting these movies because not only did I get the boobs in the movies, I got the boobs in the trailers. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> as, a, yeah. as like a pervy little preteen, this was this was a full full experience You're for like, me. Win win. <laughs> yeah right. Uh, yeah, so Woman of Desire has Jeff Fahey in it, and uh, is another like kind of thrillery drama. Looks fun though. Looks trashy fun. I think that one was shelled for a while and then purchased by Vidmark, but we could not confirm that, so I could be wrong. Either way, if we find that Vidmark tape somewhere, I will definitely give it a shot. I don't know if you'll want to take that journey with me, but... Come on, you know I would. (laughs) Let's see, the next thing was Dark Tide, correct? Yes. Man, what a trashy cover. Now this one is just like trash fire like this one is just like this is some next level trash shit here it's it's an erotic thriller it's got chris sarandon in it and a bunch of no names a lot of sex already in the trailer and then the cover itself is basically just two naked people pressed together i think creepazoids back when uh, you had the two people in the shower just like pressed together with soap suds. Yes. That is like exactly what this is except minus the soap suds. Right. And it is the cover of the film. So I have this VHS because how could I pass up this cover? Um, I've never seen the film though. It's unbelievable guys. You have to check this one out. (laughs) And there's two covers we should mention. There's the more conservative, bright, flashy cover and then there's this trashy ass soap opera like porn literature it's like cover. a harlequin romance cover basically <laughs> for this movie um and i could not pass it up so yeah and this trailer is just sweaty and gross and just lots of sex and nudity would have loved to have probably seen this when i was a preteen too <laughs> if i came yeah, across yeah it. I, my my parents wouldn't let me rent that <laughs> i would have brought it to them they'd been like this is porn yeah i'd be like nope <laughs> Then the next thing we got is, uh, here, we'll play it for you. AIDS is a killer, but you can fight back with just a penny. Join the video industry in its fight against AIDS during Penny for AIDS Week. Every time you rent or buy a video, your local video retailer will donate a penny. Other industry groups will match this all over the country, and a lot of little pennies can make a big difference. So visit your video retailer often during the Penny for AIDS campaign. This is Chris Lemon, and I'm here to tell you, you can make a difference. A Penny for AIDS, November 24th through December 1st. Yeah, Penny for AIDS. Yes, Penny for AIDS promotion. Uh, we get somebody telling us that if you rent videos during that period where this was happening, that each video you rent, a penny is donated to an AIDS foundation. AIDS was a big thing in the 90s. When tapes are around, AIDS was around. <laughs> oh, man, the early 90s to mid-90s. Oh. Everything was AIDS, like relief in AIDS prevention and things like that. We, we had drug prevention, aid prevention, and kidnapping prevention. Yes. Throughout the 90s. Yes. Wow. No wonder we grew up 
so terrified. <laughs> and then we got Fox News. Yay! <laughs> and it just kept people terrified. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, this is a funny little ad, and this is the only, this is the this is what I was saying. This is the kind of shit you can only get when you get like a Vidmark movie because they'll stick these random commercials in there and shit too, uh, which I just love. Love it all the time. Give me them. Over and over and over. <laughs> Let's get ready for this feature presentation. And now, our feature presentation. So this starts off with, I believe, a quote, correct? Well, it is. it starts off with the long, not long, but the sort of Star Wars setting you up in the world, description of what's going on, and then it gives you a quote. I don't remember either, though. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I, I just remember it was, what year was it in the future? 2074? I was like, ooh, I hope not. But uh, the whole point of this is two corporations are battling each other. I remember one was the Pinwheel. Okay. But I don't remember the other name of the other one. But we had basically Japan versus the U.S. Yes. And we're in a, it, they're actually androids. This is one thing I have a problem with this film. Cyborg Jack Palance is a cyborg because that's like a human with uh, robotic parts attached. You know, think right. the Borg or think RoboCop or Cyborg uh, in Justice League. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and then um, Android, you know, which with Angelina Jolie is so this movie should be called Androids, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so that was my first problem with it. But looking at the whole story, they create sexy female androids slash cyborgs to assassinate people by exploding while they have sex. Yes. Wow. Amazing. Also, this this whole beginning of the movie uh, starts off in widescreen, which is something we don't we haven't seen too much of during this podcast. But yeah. it was something they did used to do during the VHS era, where the beginning and the end would be in widescreen, and then you would go to your typical full screen throughout the duration of the movie. Uh, this one has a very like a very big widescreen opening, and I was like, not having remembered this movie or maybe never even seen this movie, I was like, oh, fuck, this is like a movie, though. Yeah. And it starts off in that widescreen, and you see the dystopian future, and then you see them building a cyborg or android, and I was like, holy shit, there's some money behind this, and this looks good. Yes, I when I first saw it, so you could see it in widescreen at first, and then you could see all the setup of the dystopian world where they're giving you all those models and mm-hmm. maybe some matte paintings in the background and everything like that. I was like, oh, maybe they spent money on this. But then we get into facilities where we're inside rooms for pretty much the rest of the movie. Right, right, right. They knew where to spend their money. Yes. They spent their money so, on what you, you know, the big expansive world and right. everything like that, but then they kept the kept the movie inside. It's a nice trick. I like it though. It works. It works every time. You believe yeah. it. You immediate if you start a movie with something like that, you think there's you trick your audience every time it works perfectly. Um, but I will even say for the scenes that are mostly then indoors for the rest of the movie. Still look great. This is a very well shot, cheap movie. Very well shot. Yeah, they're doing the most they can with lighting. Like when all the android women, cyborg women, are fighting each other and training with Johnny Cage. Not Johnny Cage. With (laughs) Casey Jones. When they're all training and fighting, they have a spotlight on it. Because they don't want you to see the exterior walls, Mm. you know, this room. So they do what they can. I understand this. I have no problem when I see, you know, low budget films do this. At least, you know... 
do what you can to pull it off, and I think they did. Yeah, they were like, we can't put our money into sets and big things, so we have to get a good cinematographer to shoot this, and then, you know, a smart director who knows how to cover that. Looking at the back here, though... Michael Schroeder is the director, and Jamie Thompson is the director of photography. I've never heard of either of them, though. Nope. They did a great job, though, here. Great job. Yes. I mean, for what they had, yeah, of course. I mean, they're just doing the best they can. And uh, it was mostly an enjoyable film. I mean, Jack Palance overacting is brilliant. (laughs) Okay, we can talk about it now. But my favorite actor in this movie is Billy Drago, who is the villain Nom 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 nom. This performance is fucking wonderful. Yes. Hello, Bench. Hey, well, 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 well. Martin Dunn from Pinwheel. Been a long time. How may I uh, assist you? Are you still active? Well, if that's your polite little way of. Uh, Inquiring if I still kill people for a living, the answer is we 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 cc oh, oh yes I am still an equal opportunity terminator. Thought you may have slowed down after the Velma incident. Hmm. Temporary setback. You call five years temporary? Face is nicely on the men now. Trifle expensive though, but uh, we can afford it. An emergency has come up. We're in need of services. To the tune of three hundred and fifty thousand for nine hours, plus an additional ten percent if the product is delivered intact. Thirty percent. Twenty. Come on, Don. Twenty-five. Surgical costs are absurd these days. Affirmative. We have a Spec A LC7 female cyborg, standard anatronic espionage model, plus one human, male, 30 years. Employee. Instructor, hand to hand, small arms. I don't know, Doc. You sound kind of nervous to me. She wouldn't happen to be an experimental model, would she? That's classified. Do you want the job or not? Yeah, this guy is made to play a villain, and he just can't get it wrong. He relishes in this villain role so well. I mean, this is this has got to be one of the best performances in one of these kind of movies that we've seen. This is amazing what he's doing in this movie. <laughs> well, it's amazing how he goes from over the top and then he cools it back just enough where you're like, well, he's not ridiculous. Right. He's doing this so well. He's walking this fine line so well. And it is such a juicy good part to watch. Like when he's just, he's obsessed with his skin. Yes. So he constantly needs plastic surgery. That's why he does these like tracker jobs. And so this one is Angelina Jolie runs away with help from Jack Palance and Casey Jones. Casey Jones is taking her and trying to just get her away to Jack Palance or what is Jack Palance's name? Mercy. Mercy. So Cash is trying to get to Mercy. Right, because she knows she's going to explode. She is being used as, like, a sex android, basically. And uh, she's going to explode on the um, 
competitors. They're going to take down the Japanese company that's making Cyborg so they can be the only one, and they're going to use her to do it. Seems like a very expensive way when you could just fire a missile. Yeah, but this is more fun. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, And we should talk about how they shoehorn in the original Cyborg because they just put it in a dream sequence that Angelina Jolie has. We should also mention, this is a little bit of the behind the scenes, this movie was not called Cyborg when it was shot. It was changed that after Vidmark purchased the rights after Canon went under. But there is footage of the original film in this movie. It's not like just yeah. like mentioned like you see Van Damme in this movie, which means Van Damme got a paycheck out of this. But like you see footage from the first movie. In yeah, I, I think Vidmark had planned to do this the whole time and just didn't tell the director and everything because they just didn't want that over the film. But, I mean, it is obviously shoehorned in here, and yeah. like you said, it's a dream sequence and everything. It works. I bought it, though. I took it. Yeah, it's called, like, Shadow Ceiling or some shit like that. I forgot it. They actually say it in the film. So, the original title was Glass Shadow, and they just changed it. I think Vidmark had planned to do it the whole time. Yeah, and I think that's why it works. Yeah. I bought it. I was like, okay, it's a sequel. That's all I needed. Just that little bit of footage they threw in the, those two sequences. That's all I needed. Sold. <laughs> but uh, they run away. The tracker comes after him, and he only does all this stuff for plastic surgery. And then we have them fight. Oh, and then when the tracker gets, like, glass blown into his face and he's scarred, oh, man. And he's, like, just slowly falling more and more apart as the movie goes on. And he's yeah. just, like, his skin is just pulling apart from his face. I was getting a lot of Brazil flashbacks where they're stretching the skin. Yeah, on, yeah. Uh, it's fucking awesome. I've, I love this character, and I love what they did with him with this because I, I love the, you know, the fragility of flesh that, you know, Verhoeven does and Cronenberg does. And there's oh, a little yeah. bit of that with yeah. him in this movie. I love that shit. So... This is awesome. And, yeah, that was a great scene because there's the other bounty hunter, but they're, like, competing against each other as well, and she, like, blows him through a glass window, and then that's what tears open his face again. Yeah, she's going after... So it's weird, like, the male went after the male and the female went after the female. Yeah. Really? I I mean, I guess that was supposed to be some kind of setup where they'd be fighting, but they end up meeting, and then I guess to get out, don't they have to enter a fighting tournament? Oh. He has to fight the male tracker. So Casey Jones has to fight the, like... Okay, I'm vaguely remembering this. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so they have to fight in a tournament to get out, and then finally they get to Jack Palance, which I thought it was funny. I was like, wouldn't you choose Angelina Jolie to fight him because she's, like, the, like, created cyborg assassin? Mm-hmm. But whatever. They get to Jack Palance, and then we see Jack Palance's, like, I don't know where the fuck he's at, just in the middle of nowhere in this post-apocalyptic world. Just, oh, we, we haven't even mentioned it. As he's giving them instructions and stuff where to go, oh. it's only a video of his mouth, and that's, like, what he... Mercy is just this mouth, this faceless mouth, that is instructing them where to go and how to get out of the situation. I think Jack Palance could read anything and make it interesting. Yeah, he's basically, like, in, in a lot of ways, he's basically the narrator of this movie, and that's probably why I was, like, just so, like, in it. I was just like, yep, he could tell me all the exposition, and I'm like, cool. Yeah, he could read the encyclopedia, and you'd be like, this is fascinating. You'd be like, this is great. (laughs) But, yeah, he's living alone on his own because you find out his uh, wife died. Yes. And then you also find out that he's actually a real cyborg. He is 
kept alive by cybernetic parts. Right, and he is offering to do the same thing to Colton uh, so that he could be with Angelina Jolie forever because they obviously have a romantic interest, and that is why he is helping her. Even pay that off with the sex scene. we got to talk about the sex scene. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, uh... <laughs> Probably another, you know, part of the attraction to uh, Angelina Jolie uh, early on for studios and filmmakers. She looks great in that sex scene. and uh, I was like, is that her boobs? Because did you notice they show boobs, but they cut off her, the top of her, they cut off her head. Yeah, but they pan back and then it is. Okay, so they so, did do that? Yeah, right, no, they right, have, right. In the first, the first way they show it is, yeah, it could have been a body double, but then they pull the camera back and you see that right. it is her. And it's like, damn, that's I a good looking woman. Early in the podcast, I said she was 20. I mostly said that because I really hoped she was 20 and we weren't watching like a 17 year old. No, no, she's got to be like 20. She's she. I mean, she she's always been very like mature. Well, her age, we, but we, she carries herself very well. She's not like seventeen here. We we could look it up and confirm, but I just don't want to know. No, no, we are no. It's all nope. good. It's nope. all good. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, this this I think this sex scene is kind of legendary because yeah, then she blew up, mm-hmm. got really famous, became a sex symbol, and then people went back to this movie to see that basically yeah that is a, that one. is a thing was like, another one she was in like geely or whatever uh, gia gia yeah yeah another one that people went back to yeah. for the topless scene or whatever um yeah but that's actually one where like oh wow you're a really good actor yeah isn't that the one where she just goes like yeah. batshit crazy as, yeah. a, as a supermodel and that was a hbo movie oh so it was it? all full circle we all bring it all full circle here today oh, very <laughs> interesting uh so the twist in this film is Jack Palance decides to, I don't know, take like the, however they were tracking Angelina Jolie, I think he puts it in his body along with the explosive and he goes back to the corporation's leader and self-destructs and kills him. Right. I saw that coming, but I do love how the corporate boss or whatever you want to call him, he's in that shitty golf yeah. costume outfit yeah yeah and he's just like whatever we're just gonna blow it up because we've got the technology so i guess you lost after all and he like pushes the detonator and jack lance has some great line where he's like nope you're the loser boom, boom. explosion <laughs> great scene mercy glad you could make it you know you've always been such a uh, a formidable opponent Until you're untimely capture, that is. And I thought I'd at least let you come and watch me play my final card. You see, this is Chen's detonator and has a 2,000 mile range. So alas, it appears that the honeymoon's over for Cash and Colt. What? No, no quick, smart-ass remark? No retort from the man with the video mouth. Cash and Colt, you can kiss your asses goodbye. Warning. A detonation sequence has been detected within the complex. Initiate emergency evacuation sequence. I think you kissed the wrong ass goodbye. One, zero. 
I enjoyed it. I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed that corporate douchebag getting his uh, final dessert. Yes, it just blown the fuck up. It was great. It was wonderful. Oh yeah, and then they cut to the end, and it shows Angelina Jolie is like still looks you know twenty something years old, and then Casey Jones has aged horribly. Yeah, in the worst old age makeup yeah. I have ever seen. Still hilarious, though. <laughs> Takes all that time in the makeup chair, and then he sticks him on camera for, like, five seconds, and it looks shitty. Yeah, oh, God, it looks so... It looks like he's a monster. Yeah. I'm not like an old person, like a fucking, like, Michael Jackson thriller zombie. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, ooh, woof. What did they do? Just get, like, a college student to yeah, do it? Yeah, like, you could... All you need to do is put some circles under his eyes, put some lines on his face, maybe some spots, something that, you know in film language means old age very easy to do they went all out in full prosthetics bad wig you know bad bald cap and fucking like stringy white hair you look like the fucking crib keeper like this is what bad. This, what this choice was but it was fucking hilarious oh no uh, yeah it's bad if anyone wants to watch this though it, it is available on daily motion I noticed this movie yeah oh okay so it is it is viewable, but uh, I, I would prefer you watch it on the VHS if you get a chance because you know, these trailers. But yeah, you know, not everyone wants to. <laughs> not everyone can find them. this one's hard to find. Since we're kind of wrapping it up, I would definitely say if you come across this one in the wild, scoop that shit immediately. Yeah, highly recommend watching all of this. I mean, for nostalgia's sake, for yeah. trailer's sake, for promo or AIDS promo. Yeah, everything. And the movie's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, it's just one of those... It's It's got a few moments. It definitely... I've seen much better direct-to-video sci-fi. But... We've seen a lot worse, too. Oh, yeah. This oh, is, yeah. This is like... You know, it's entertaining. It's, you know, 90 minutes. It's not super long. Uh, it looks great. The cinematography and, um, you know, the editing and everything like that. This is a well-put-together mm-hmm. film. The acting is great. Angelina's great in this. Jack Palance is a fucking force to be reckoned with. Billy Drago is just the best in this movie. Yeah, Billy Drago is the shining star in this. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, the scene when the guy is tell when the corporate douchebag is telling him not to kill them because they need them as mm-hmm. assets, and then when he's like, "I'm gonna kill him anyway," they're like, "You're off the job," and he flips. I was like. <laughs> that scene is fucking amazing. Yeah. It's great. Love him in this. So uh, we both recommend, so let's move on to the museum. Yes. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. Every week, we take a look at the movie and try to find something that is either gold that we could put in our museum to look back on and enjoy, or a lump of coal that we could take and learn from. Uh, So this week in the museum, what are you putting in there? Man, I don't want to steal the actor from you, so I'm going to go with another actor. If you can only get Jack Pounds for a few days, let Jack... This is how you do it! This is how you do it, yeah. (laughs) If you want to dine with the devil... Need a long spoon. 
he may be, years from now when I think about this film, I still think he's going to be the actor I think about, even though Billy Drago is his name, Mm -hmm. is so damn good. It's just because his, it's so comical how they take his mouth and just have him over-enunciate every fucking word. Every bit of exposition from a movie, basically. Oh, he's the best at exposition. I mean, come on, it's... The exposition is so good that I forget that he's doing it. Right, right. Yeah, no, he's fucking awesome in this. Uh, I'm putting Billy Drago in the museum, but, like, with with Palance being, like, a close second. Yeah. Like, they're both so good in this movie. Where do you hail from, Mr. X? New Orleans. Have you ever been to the, uh... Oh. Magical Far East. No. I haven't had the pleasure. You really should get out more, Mr. X. Travel really does broaden the mind. Ah. Ah. What the hell is that? That's the third eye. They say to me that it does help you see far into the future. Ah, shit! Oh, no, 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 no. Do not cover it up. It's uh, liquid crystal-based. Very, very sensitive to the light, do you see? Otherwise, it's going to burn a furrow deep, deep, deep into your corpus callosum, and then you're going to be in in a desperate state. All this uh, fun has just left me limp with excitement. I believe I'm going to join you in your peaceful slumber. And, like, Angelina Jolie obviously is going to be a star, too. You can see it in there. Uh, And Casey Jones does a wonderful job, too, doing his thing. His, like, pre... Kind of like young De Niro kind of thing he does. That's like his shtick, I think. But it's it works here. Um, oh but, yeah, I can see that now. Yeah, that's sort of yeah. his, like you know like Christian Slater does that like uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson Nicholson. voice. Oh, geez, yeah. Like Elias Codius does the Robert De Niro thing. But it works. But like yeah, Billy Drago. Holy shit. Holy shit. What a fucking unhinged, wonderful performance from from like just kind of like a B-ray character actor just stealing the show. This from makes me want to go back and watch all of the films I've never seen him in. Right. Yeah, I want to like have like a Drago marathon. Yeah, cuz is is he this good in everything he does? Right. Cuz wow. Wow. I, I I knew who he was because I had seen him in stuff before, but I don't I can't even tell you what. Like I've seen him in like an episode of Charmed and like he's in one of the Masters of Horror things like that, but like is he in the nineties, is he just doing this role in every movie? Because if that's the case, sign me the fuck up. Like <laughs> he'd been he had a lot of actors credits, so I, I think he did decent amount in the mid to late eighties and uh, early to mid nineties were his like prime. Yeah. But the sad thing was is like I don't remember him in any giant films. Yeah, I wonder if he ever broke through. It'd be something to look up if yeah. he was like made an appearance in like some big movie. I will laugh my ass off if he's in like a movie like Terminator size level. Yeah, where we're like, like we just we just forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They probably probably. But uh oh did piggyback on you too a little bit. Jack Plant's just killing it. Oh, killing it. Lovely lovely. <laughs> I mean th- like Jack Palance has basically two careers. He has pre Batman and post Batman. Yeah. Once he hit Batman, I only remember him just 
eating the camera. Like, yeah. it's just like he's in City Slickers. Yes, and this. It's great, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just, I love those City Slickers movies, both of them. It's so fun. so ridiculous, yes. and I love it. And and Batman, yeah, small role, but fuck, he's fun in it. <laughs> I know he's, he's only in, like, five minutes of screen time or something like that. So memorable. You so never memorable. forget he's in that movie. He's and, the Joker's boss. And he does the, the you're my number one guy before Joker does it to Bob. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like he just, I love it. It's great. Yeah, he's so good. Love it. We we both, I guess, recommend this movie. Uh, I will say it is a little forgettable, you know, plot-wise, I guess, because we were talking about it earlier before we went on air, and I was like, I don't know if I necessarily remember what happened in the movie, but I know I kind of liked it. So... Yeah, it's definitely, (laughs) it's the actors that sell this. It's not most of the sets. It's definitely not the story. Yeah. It's it's, the actors. It's the actors. It looks good. It's a serviceable sci-fi action movie. Uh, But it's a fun one. It's a good one. Worth checking out. Definitely. All right. Uh, This isn't really behind the scenes, but it's like uh, kind of like the post show here where Matt's going to talk about a movie that some of you might be really excited about. Yeah, and it comes out today uh, when this this drops, this episode drops. So I I got the privilege of seeing the new uh, Puppet Master movie, which I know I'm sure a lot of our listeners are very excited to see today. Warning. This motion picture is one of the most violent films ever made. There are 21 scenes of puppet violence and sadistic cruelty graphically shown. The content and subject matter may be upsetting for those under 18, those with weak hearts, and those of delicate nature. This cellar workshop is where André Toulon manufactured puppets. It is unclear how many of these puppets were made, though 60 or so of them are expected to be in Postville by tomorrow for the auction. That's not mine. I don't really know how that got here. Maybe it walked. Hello. Jesus. Well, you definitely seem like a toy that a maniac would make. And probably have already watched it. Like They were like, watching that, listen to our episode. <laughs> I'm sure, because I think there's a lot of crossover with the Puppet Master franchise and our listeners. But yes, it dropped today. Littlest Reich. People are very excited about it. It's the reboot of a beloved franchise from a filmmaker that... You know, Craig Zoller has made two movies that blew the minds of, you know, genre fans uh, with both of his movies. So very excited to see that coming together. And I've seen it, and I have to say, it's fucking terrible. It's such a bad movie. (laughs) I have always been a defender of Full Moon, and I love their movies, new and old. But I can see, I can see the complaints people have with their modern films, and I, I get it, and a lot of them are cheap, and a lot of them are bad, and, like, the newest Puppet Master last, like, three movies have been extremely cheap. Here's my problem with the newer Full Moons. I don't care about cheap. I don't care about bad. They're sloppy. Yeah, and there's they are. They, they can be sloppy, but, and I've defended them. I'm not going to do that here. I see the problems with those movies. I see them. I would take those, though, any day over this new one for the sole reason that this movie doesn't know whether it wants to be brutal or funny. And in, in that, we lose 
the characters, there's no character development. The puppets, there's like a fucking thousand of them, and we don't get to spend any time with any of them. So we don't get to like look at them and be like, oh, that's a cool design or whatever, because they're on screen for like five seconds each. They all do the same thing. All the all the puppets do are just slash throats. That's their thing in this movie. So there's no like crazy like tunnel or scene or anything like that where they're going through bodies. It's just throat slashing for ninety minutes. It it doesn't know what it wants to be. So there's like the couple moments of humor in it just fall flat i'd take a full moon one any day over this just because this is so scatterbrained and forgettable and just plain awful filmmaking skip it honestly wow really a skip it skip it like uh zoller's bro violence that he likes to do doesn't even come through here uh he did not direct this film by the way this is the directors of uh wither and uh blood runs cold which are, Wither was sort of like an Evil Dead knockoff, Blood Runs Cold, it's like a slasher thing. Not good movies. So they don't really have much of an eye here. The movie looks dirt cheap. This movie looks very cheap. Like, consumer level camera cheap, bad lighting, the acting is terrible, they have Thomas Lennon in the lead and they don't give him any jokes to do. Barbara Crampton shows up in the movie for like five seconds and has nothing to do. It's just bad. It's just a terrible film. Oh man. And, and like, we're, we're going to see more of it now that it's sort of out in the world. But all the people that I've talked to that sort of, you know, work at websites like I do and things like that, a lot of people really are very disappointed with this movie. So I think this is going to kill their sort of idea of rebooting a bunch of Full Moon movies because Castle Freak was supposed to be next. I think this is going to suck the wind out of the sails, and I fucking hope it does because this movie's terrible. Yeah, just let those old movies die. But, you know, everyone's got the nostalgia itch. So they may... It depends how much money this makes. Mm-hmm. If they make money, they'll do a Castle Freak. Yeah, it, it, the thing about it is the reviews are not good, but if everybody goes and downloads it today, then it's going to it's gonna make money. And we're going to see more of these shitty... Yeah. L- lazy. Really, this movie's lazy. That's what this is, so... Yeah, I'm tempted even after your bad review, but I don't know. Maybe I'll just skip it. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do do what you want with it, listeners. You're gonna see it anyway. I know you are. <laughs> I I went in totally open mind, and actually, I will say, the movie started, and I was like, oh, I like this. This could go really well. And then about like twenty to thirty minutes in, I was like, oh nope, falling apart. <laughs> the, the bottom has fallen out. But yeah, it started, and I was like super into it for a second. I was like, this could go really well. Yeah. Then the puppets show up, and the movie falls apart. Unfortunately. Sadness. All right, stay uh, after the show. We'll do uh, our beehive, or maybe just I will, because we did the vote for that, and you guys voted for the Mormon camp film. Thanks a lot. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know if I'll be in that one. I don't know if I'm joining you for this. <laughs> we'll find out after the episode because I still, or we, have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm going to do it. Yes, uh, you put it on a vote. Uh, I didn't even know you were going to do this. <laughs> you monster. And <laughs> I didn't know it was a Mormon film. And I woke up this morning and I saw the poll and I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Is he going to make me watch another religious movie? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You chose The Littlest Angel. Oh, I absolutely did. 
but I did not have a say in this today. <laughs> no, that's that's true. But d- I did make you watch Mom and Dad, didn't I? Oh, Sing, Stretch, and Play? That movie's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's that not, tape is, absolutely. That, that tape is perfection. I'll watch that again right now. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest Christian exercise film ever made? Christian exercise film for children. Yes. <laughs> Worth a million dollars. Guys. I said it before and I'll say it again. If you find this tape in the wild, you grab it, you take it home, you frame it, and you just wear that fucker out. It is solid gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, remember you uh, to rate and review us at, on iTunes. It does help. Uh, you can listen to us on Podbean. I'm still laughing. <laughs> YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever. whatever. All the things. We're on everything. We're also on Geekscape, remember that, and remember to be kind. And rewind. Hey, do you guys like horror movies? I do. Do they always have to be good movies? No way. I prefer them to be crap, personally. Well, then you guys are in luck because Horror Movie Night is your expert podcast on both horror movies, good, bad, and gooey. It's just a show of three friends. Brother. Two brothers and a friend, I I think you would call. But we're also, we're all friends here, you know. We're friends, we're all friends here. We goof around, but we... (laughs) We talk about we talk about movies, but we normally don't actually talk about movies, which is kind of weird. It's, it's a weird dynamic. You have to really listen to understand it. But we put together a show every Friday morning. You can find our show hmnpodcast.com. Uh, we're part of the Beatscape Network. We are, you know, we're good guys. You should check us out. We're good, silly guys. We're, we're fun. Please like me. Please. <laughs> That's pretty Please. much the emphasis of everything we do is to be accepted. We want to yeah. be loved hmmpodcast.com Welcome to the Analog Jones After Hours Ooh, it's gonna get steamy Oh, hey, I am reporting on Once I Was a Beehive that you all voted on on the Facebook page Thanks for that Uh, It's my fault I did not know that two of them were a Christian family comedy and a Mormon kid comedy I really didn't I just put in camp Campfire Stories and Netflix. I chose five of them randomly and I had to eliminate two right off the bat because I found out they were, one was in Spanish and one was in Portuguese? I, which was odd. I, I guess Netflix has Portuguese language movies now. But either way, after I looked up some details when I was putting up the actual vote for the poll, I saw that, yeah, one was a Christian comedy thingy. I was like, well, that one's getting voted for because I know they want to torture me. And then I saw the Mormon one, and I'm like, eh, maybe they'll choose the Canadian Disney family film? And you didn't. So anyway, you chose Once I Was a Beehive from 2015 over Bunks and Camp Cool Kids. Uh, So I expected this movie to be kind of like a... Hey, you should be a Mormon because we're awesome. I gotta let you know, it's it's not that at all. It was actually a very chill film when it came to spreading their beliefs. In fact, I would say this movie was more made to show non-Mormons how kooky and corny they can be. Look at all of our strange things we do, but still, we're great people. 
I don't know, maybe there's something wrong with me. I was really disappointed. Yeah, it was fine. This was a perfectly fine movie for Mormon daughters and mothers to, to watch together. I mean, maybe the boys wouldn't want to watch this, obviously, but, you know, it is what it is. The acting was fine. Uh, it had a lot of cheesy jokes, like this one about hot park rangers. We also had some kooky characters, like their lead camp counselor, whatever you call it, is like an older woman who was in the army that served as a medic during the Korean, I think the Korean War. Anyway, she was like the hard-nosed one that these girls went to. And the whole point of this movie is a girl's father dies. She's non-Mormon. So her mother ends up meeting a Mormon man, marries her, and then we find out apparently all Mormons have perfect teeth. I, I don't know that joke, but I guess they have great dentist plans. Um, and she goes to camp. Now, she goes to a Mormon camp, not because she's being forced. She chooses to because her new friend is very nervous, like has a bunch of fears and phobias. So she goes with her to a Mormon, I don't know, I think it was... I want to say it was like 16 days or something where they go to camp and it's all girls. And I guess that's where the beehive part of this comes in because the girls who were there on their first year are called beehives. I guess it's like brownies with the uh, Girl Scouts. I don't know much about that. So if I'm wrong, just, you know, curse me underneath your breath. I don't. <laughs> so she just, you know, recovers from her, fa uh, her father dying and side stories are all over the place uh the teenage girls are acting like stereotypical disney-like movie teenage girls talking about boys and whatever and um what they're gonna do with their lives and are they going to college yada 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 so uh another side story was the girl with phobia has a service dog who may or may not have been eaten by a bear and then they do a trial and go on an Noah's little ark that they towed there, that they actually made, which kudos to whoever made that prop. Impressive. And then, you know, that's the movie. Like I said, it's not mean. It's not nasty. It's actually kind of fine. It took me three watches because, you know, it's not made for me, so I got bored. Uh, <laughs> very hard to stay off my phone on this. Anyway, I'll wrap it up. That's it. But because I wanted a really nasty religious film, don't worry. I turned to my boy Kurt Cameron and watched five minutes of Left, Be Left Behind 2. Oof, man. That guy is confused and angry at everyone who isn't just like him. Yuck. Anywho, I'll sign off with the after hours. I hope you've had fun. Good night. <laughs>